Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast, and thank you for joining with us to worship and learn more about God. We are so excited to have you be a part of this week's service. For more podcasts and services from past weeks, or to join us online on Sunday mornings, check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, enjoy the message. Good morning. All right. So, it's a little different being up here than it is in front of the kids. So, typically I sit down, but these guys are really about production. Um, Just to make sure that it's a great experience for everybody and we're getting everything at home. However, the lights mean that I can't sit on the stage. So, you guys get to see me walk around like a little wildling. That's fine. All right. I would love if all of our kiddos that come to Ren Kids could just stand up for just a minute. So if you are in any of the classes downstairs, parent, if you have a baby, just stand up with that baby so we can just really get an idea how many kids are in class during the week. Look around, guys. There are a lot of kiddos in here. So like Jeff said, it's going to look a little bit different today than most of our services. Um, It's probably going to be a lot louder than normal, Um, which is okay, because this is our next generation, and in order for us to be able to raise them up in the church, they have to be in the church. They have to be a part of the church, and that means sometimes they're going to be in in service. So uh, there might be a regular Sunday that we have kids that are in service, and before we let ourselves get a little bit irritated, because maybe we didn't get to hear the worship song we wanted or we got a little distracted, let's celebrate those families that they got up and they brought their kids to church. Because I think that's a really, really awesome thing. So I wanna celebrate with those families that are doing that every Sunday, because it's just tough, right? All right, I want to give you guys a little glimpse of what it looks like down in Rain Kids. And since I can't sit on the front of the stage, what I'm gonna do is do a few of the things that we do downstairs on the elementary side. So something that we do is we have a couple of rules that kind of keep us Um, focused on why we're at church. The first rule that we have is to love God. And we do this together every Sunday. And we say together, love God. So I want you guys to take this opportunity to just dial it down, humble yourselves a little bit, forget you're a grown-up, and be one of the kids. Ryan and Chris will do the grown-up stuff, okay? I don't want to do that today. Okay, so we're going to say it together. On the count of three, I want you to say, love God with me. One, two, three. That was pretty good. I was a little surprised, but I think we can do a little bit better because I have your kids downstairs and I know that they are louder than that. Okay, so we're going to try that again on three. One, two, three. Perfect. That's why we're all here, isn't it? Okay, so our second rule is to love others. When we love others, we are loving God, aren't we? And so we're going to say that we're only going to do it one time. So I need to be like your best love others. So on the count of three, we're going to say love others together. One, two, three. These are your children yelling this. That's my daughter. I hear her in like out above everyone else. We're gifted guys. Okay. So there's one more thing that I want to do. Typically we play a game on Sunday morning. Do you know why? It's because your kids come, they had a smoothie from the cafe, they are pumped, full of sugar, and they are excited to see their church friends, and they're wild. So we play a game to burn off some of that energy. I don't think we have room for that in here, but we do have room to wiggle. So before I said, humble yourself, remember, I am on the stage, okay? But we're gonna take a little bit of time and we are going to wiggle together. So if everybody would stand up with me, 
And we're gonna take a few seconds and we're just gonna wiggle. But I need you to count it down, okay? So we're gonna count down from three. Okay, kids, are you ready? From three. Three, two, one, wiggle. Find your seat and let's pray together. God, what a blessing it is for us to be in your house today. I thank you so much for each person that's here. I thank you for all of the little hearts that are here that are having seeds planted of what church looks like and going to church as a family. I thank you for the leadership here at Wren that we're growing into places that things like this are happening. We're building community together. I pray that you would send the Holy Spirit to fill this place. Use, use the Holy Spirit to give us the words to share that are going to reach the hearts of everyone in this room. We give you all of the glory and all of the praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh my gosh, you guys are so fun. I love it. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get started. <clears throat> we like to do a lot of visual learning in Rin Kids. So I'm just going to ask and feel free to shout it out. That's what your kids do. You just shout at me. It's fine. We're learning, right? So what do I have in my hand? Keys. keys. Okay, what do you think the keys go to? Your car. My car? Okay, all right, a lot of things. So everything that I hear you saying, though, means that it needs to maybe be unlocked, right? So these keys go to a lock. But I have four different keys on this key ring, and they each unlock something different. So even though they all were made for the same thing, their purpose is different. And that's um, interesting to me. What is this microphone for? I don't need help with that, but yes, so I can be louder. It also helps for everyone that's at home joining us so that they can get all of the fun audio, hopefully all of your little chuckles. I'm going to take that back and just replay it for myself later. Okay, how about the chair you're sitting in? It's just to sit, right? But you could sit on the floor, so the chair is really for comfort, right? It, but it does have a purpose. Everything that we're talking about was created, we've got kids on the floor now, created with a purpose in mind. How about the stage? This is the last thing. What about the stage, guys? It's to dance. It's to dance? Okay. It's to show off? Oh, well. Okay. I feel a little called out up here. Um, so really the stage is to lift us up so that everyone can see because we're sitting down. I do need help with that because I'm not very tall. Okay, guys? So just keep that in mind. We're, everything is created with a purpose, right? And God created all of it. Even if he didn't say this is going to be a chair, he gifted someone to say, hey, I think that I could make something that would make sitting more comfortable. And if you at home, you probably have some seats that are more comfortable than other seats, right? They're all the same function, but a little different, right? <clears throat> okay, so God created all of these things, and everything has a purpose in that creation. He created the sun, the moon, the stars, and then God looked at the world and created a you. So when he created all of these things, he knew the world needed a you with your talents and your gifts, and when he created you, he created you with a purpose in mind, just like the key maker had a purpose in mind when he created the keys. I think that's pretty cool. Don't you guys? Yeah. 
You're created with a purpose in mind. That's so cool. Okay, here's where we're getting into it. Okay, so we're created with a purpose, but what's our purpose? I think as adults, sometimes we try to figure out our purpose on our own, but really, God told us what our purpose was. So down in Rin Kids, we're doing something that I call Bible geography. Um, a lot of our kids, thank you technology, um, use screens for a lot of their education, which also means maybe their Bible. But I think it's super important for them to know their Old Testament and New Testament, where scripture is located in the Bible and how to find it. And so if you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open your Bible with me, a real Bible. There are some under some of the seats. And today we're going to go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah's kind of in the middle of the, kind of in the middle. I have mine marked though. Okay. And we're going to go to Isaiah and we're going to go to the 43rd chapter. So that's pretty far back. So we're going to keep going. You're about halfway into Isaiah. Okay. You guys following? For, so Isaiah 43rd chapter and the seventh verse. If you don't have your Bible with you, that's okay. Um, if you're having a hard time, ask somebody next to you because we're here for community, right? If you don't know how, maybe your neighbor can help you um, get your Bible to the right um, verse. But in Isaiah 43, 7, it says that everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. So we are seeking a purpose, but God told us that we are created for his glory. Okay, what does that mean? Well, if we look further in the Bible, we can do some investigating. If we go back to Exodus, Moses asked the same question. He wanted to know what God's glory was. And God said, well, I can't show you, but I will tell you. So he tells him and he says, that God says that he's compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, forgives wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Okay, so God's glory is really the way that he loves us. It's his goodness. <clears throat> if you're like me, some you might look, think of these verses and think, oh man, that's tough. We are called to be like him, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, loving, faithful, and forgiving. Those all seem like really tough things. Compassion can be hard. Loving others can be hard. And if you are anything like me, you might be a little bit messy. My life is messy. I'm a little loud for some people. I make mistakes. But God knew all of those things about me when he created me. He also gave us tools in the Bible to help us to be able to do those things. So as we're looking for ways to glorify God, to fulfill our purpose, we can look into the Bible for that. Now, there are so many ways, but I picked out a few ways that I can see um, repeated in the Bible. Now, you might have a few ideas now of what that looks like, but when, even when we know, sometimes it's easy for us to forget, and we don't necessarily do the things that we're called to do. 
Sometimes it doesn't feel very comfortable to do those things. So the first thing that we're going to do to fulfill our purpose to glorify God is to obey him. We're called in his word to obey him. That's really tough, kids. Is it hard to obey? Yes. Guess what? I can't tell you it gets a lot easier. But when you walk faithfully, you are often reminded that obedience is a commandment. And also, it is such a good way to glorify God. It also makes a lot of the other things easier. Okay, so our second thing, so we have obey God. Our second thing is to love others. Now, kiddos, this is for you. Listen up. You might be loving to the kids on the bus, but are you loving to your brother or sister? I see some heads shaking. No, I appreciate the honesty. That can be really tough, right? It can be really hard for us to love others when they have done us wrong, when we feel hurt, when we feel attacked. It can be hard for us to show compassion and love to them. But the Bible says we're called to do that, to glorify God for our purpose. Okay. So we can say, I can obey and I can love. We're also called to forgive others. So Jesus went to the cross for us. And forgiveness of our sin, right? That's the biggest, greatest, most amazing example of forgiveness. That makes it seem like a harder job than it is because we're not capable of that. But we are capable of saying, you have done something wrong to me and hurt me. And I'm going to forgive you because I know how, how, um, just how valuable that forgiveness is. And when we forgive others, we really release ourselves of that burden of what was hurting us. So we can obey his word and we can love others, forgiving others. And then my fourth um, tool that I have for you today, um, guys, I know you guys are doing amazing. Stick with me and we're gonna give you a little bit of break and Ryan will be out in just a minute. Um, this one's really big though. So when we're obeying and we're loving and we're forgiving, that also help us, helps us to live honorably among unbelievers. And that one's so big for me because we can do all of the other things right, but when we fail to act out our obedience, act out our love, act out our forgiveness, guys, we're not showing the honorable life that we should be setting the example of as followers of Christ. Because living honorably un among unbelievers, that is how we are Jesus to the world. So we use these scriptures as reminders, guys, that we can obey, we can love, we can forgive. We're gonna live honorably among others that are unbelievers. And how do we do that? Well. We talked about being created with purpose. And even though all of our purpose is to glorify God, we were created individually, weren't we? So Rhea was created with a purpose in mind. And Georgia and Gideon, Lucas, we all of our kids, all of you adults here, were created with a purpose in mind. 
We all have our own unique gifts and talents. So I want you to take just 10 seconds and think about some gifts and talents that you have. Just 10 seconds. That seems like a really long time it is. Before you say you don't have any, I want you to think, am I the friend that checks in when I haven't heard from someone else? Am I the neighbor that goes and mows my elderly neighbor's lawn because I know that they might be having a hard time? Am I the kid that goes and sits with a friend who doesn't have anyone to sit with at lunch? Okay. Do I love to worship God through music and I want to use my gifts for that? Do I act like a fool and wiggle on the stage so that I can keep my kids engaged? Okay, all of those things are gifts. So when we reflect on the gifts that God gave us, our individual talents and our purpose, and we use those to glorify God, we are fulfilling the purpose that he created us for. All right, guys, you have been so amazing. And as you reflect on that, I'm going to give you just a minute. I'm going to welcome Ryan, our leader of student ministries, and he is going to come share a little bit more with you. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. As Christine just said, I am Ryan. I am the Student Ministries Director here at Wren. And some of you may know me and some of you may not. For those of you who don't know me, which probably quite a few, I am from a small town about an hour east of here over by Champaign. Um, I have three, three beautiful, beautiful little cats um, that I love a lot. And I have an incredible wife. Her name is Brittany and she teaches at MacArthur High School here in town. And I teach the junior high and high school, so we both, we both love the youth. Um, and, and one of the great things about having a wife who's a teacher is being able to talk to her about different things that she does in the classroom. And one of those things that she does is she does what's called a bell ringer, just ask a simple question to get her students thinking. And I'm gonna do that here for this morning for you guys. Have you ever had someone impact your life? When I was in junior high, I had a fantastic youth pastor. His name was Tom. And even in my immaturity and my adolescent angst, he saw something in me. He started inviting me to show up to youth group earlier and earlier to help out and learn how to do tech. So that was sound, lights, and PowerPoint all of that kind of stuff. He saw something in me that most people didn't. And it's great because God was using me, even at the age of 12, to start working in his kingdom. And this is something that happens to a lot of us, actually, is that even at a young age, we start using our gifts and abilities. Even Paul talks about it to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set aside an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in faith, in love, in purity. It's important to remember you are never too young to use your gifts for God. That's the instruction that the Apostle Paul gave to Timothy. He was charged to lead the church in Ephesus. And that's the reminder that we all need regarding how we all use our gifts daily. It's highly contested how old Timothy is. Some say 30s, some say 40s. 
which honestly sounds like a fairly appropriate age to be leading a church. But there is one phrase that is highly disputed. Let no one despise you for your youth, which implies he was probably in his mid-20s, probably a little bit younger. Regardless of how old Timothy was, Paul knew he was getting pushback for leading a ministry at such a young age. And even now, I can hear some of you thinking that like mid-20s is probably a little young to be leading a church. But this wasn't the first time God used someone of such youth to lead. I'm going to ask you a few questions. I work with students, and I love asking questions and getting responses. So I have three questions for you, and I do actually expect a response. I'm not afraid to call on people. My wife has taught me how to do that. I am not afraid to do it. So first question, how old was David when he slayed Goliath? Just take a guess. I heard 12. Any other guesses? 16? Actually, you're pretty close. He's between the ages of 16 to 19. Between the ages of 16 to 19. Close, though. 17. Yeah, that fits in there. That fits in there. Okay, got another question for you. How old were the 12 disciples? I heard 30s. I heard 21. 12? Actually, 40s. 19, they were actually, again, between the ages of 16 to 19, so 18 would fit. Again, they were young. The only exception, someone being over the age of 19 would have been Peter. Last one, how old was Mary when she had Jesus? 18, 16, 13, 14. She would have been about 15 or 16. We can all agree that King David, the disciples, and Mary play a major role in our faith. Without David, we don't have the lineage of Jesus. Without the disciples, we don't have Jesus' ministry going around the world. And without Mary, we don't have the virgin birth at all. None of these individuals were given easy tasks, were given lesser tasks because they were under the age of 20. No, God used them for incredible things. David stared down a giant at the age of 16, something not even a trained army wanted to do. The disciples, they were fishermen. There was a tax collector. There was a political revolutionary and even a thief. That's not the group that I'm going to use to spread my message around the world. Like, seriously, one of the most important messages. And then we have Mary. She would have been 15 or 16. Someone who would be getting her license today. She was chosen to raise the Son of God. All of these individuals were given monumental tasks for the age of 20. They are one of the best examples and most incredible examples of faith. Paul commands Timothy, who is younger than the believers he's working with, to be an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith. Each of those are areas that we as believers are gifted in. God has given each of us one of those special gifts, if not more. Now, we don't have to slay literal giants or parents, the perfect son of God. But we still have been called to use our gifts to further his kingdom. Each of us has been given different and unique gifts. Paul wrote in Romans 12, 4 through 6, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same functions, so we, 
though many members are in one body in Christ and individually members one of us, one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. God has given all of us gifts. Each of us have different callings from teaching to music to prayer to even giving. Each one of us have been given different things by Jesus and we've, if we've accepted him, we're supposed to use those gifts. And just as Mary, David, and the disciples were trusted that God would use them, even in the craziest of circumstances, we need to trust that God will use us too, regardless of our age. Paul wanted Timothy to know he wouldn't stop God from using him. And in the same way, my youth pastor did the same for me. It's one of those reasons that I'm in youth ministry today is because of him. It's a core belief for Wren students too. You are never too young to start using your gifts. Once a month, our junior high kids get to have an opportunity to do that. They spend one of these Sunday mornings down serving in Wren kids, and they're learning different things from leading small groups, to playing games, to learning how to do tech for the elementary, to even hanging out with the babies. Sundays are not just for babysitting students. It's for equipping our incredible students and helping them to use a wide set of gifts that God has given them. I have students. Silas has a talent for technology. Cruz and Gabe, they love spending time with the babies. Colby, he's really good with games. I've seen them all use their gifts. Our students have gifts and they're already using them. If you take anything home today that I've said this morning, it's this. We've all been given gifts by God, and regardless of our ages, we are never too young to use them. And now I'm going to turn it over the mic to someone who's been helping people use their gifts for quite a while. Please welcome Chris. Well, good morning, everyone. If we haven't met before, my name is Chris, and I am one of the leaders here uh, at Renaissance. One of the many things that uh, I get to lead here at the church is our young adults and our college groups. Um, before I actually get into the meat of my message this morning, I just want to share a little story with you real quick that some of us might be able to go down memory lane together. But I remember back in seventh and eighth grade, one of the things that my parents made me and my brother do every single year was run track during the spring just to get us ready to play uh, uh, summer baseball. And so every single track practice, every single track meet, it was... Um, I guess you could say we were voluntold, um, but me and my brother, we were told, hey, you are, since you're thin and scrawny, let's be real, uh, you guys can run long distance for who knows how long. And so they would just be like, Kraus, come over here, you're going to run the 1600, which is just track lingo for running the mile. Who loves running the mile? Anyone? Okay, no one. Awesome. <laughs> guess we have a commonality today. But anyhow, the one that I enjoyed the most was being able to run the 4x200, which is a team relay where you're passing a baton off to other people on your team. So it's comprised of four people running 200 meters and using their teamwork to be able to finish as best as they could. So each and every week we would be practicing and we would be doing our relays and just working on our conditioning just so that we could get to the place 
in the week where we're running uh, at the track meet and working together as a team and finishing as best as we could. Each and every Sunday here at Renaissance, what we have an opportunity of doing is we get to gather together, whether we're up here in the main room or downstairs, uh, the kids and the student ministry, and we're learning about Jesus. We're using these different opportunities that we have to be able to grow deeper in our faith. And it's, it's one thing for us to say, okay, I'm going to take care of my faith but wouldn't you say it's a little bit harder to be able to take care of the faith of others, especially if you've been entrusted with kids, right? Some of you in the room, you've, you've seen uh, how over the years you've seen your kids and your grandkids go to church and grow up in the faith. Maybe you're a parent right now and you're like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm just going to go to church every single week and hopefully uh, everything will pan out well. Or you're like me who doesn't have a kid yet and you're like, good luck, bud. Um, <laughs> But anyhow, we all are trying to figure out what it looks like to be able to raise other people's faiths, not just our own. And so every single week, Christine had mentioned it. She said our kids, they're reminded that they're created for a purpose. Ryan mentioned that our teens, they are reminded of Paul's message to Timothy of how uh, when Timothy was entrusted to lead a young church, um, the words that Paul tells him is, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in faith, in love, in conduct, and in purity. So where does that leave us? Where does that leave us as the adults, as the leaders of our families? It gives us an opportunity to be um, spiritual guides. It gives us an opportunity to be protectors and providers for our family. That sounds like a lot, though. It sounds like a lot. It, but here's the thing. You don't have to have all the answers. It's okay to say, I don't know, or I don't have the answer. But we have to be willing to listen to others. We have to be willing to uh, learn from other people's wisdom and experiences so that we can do what we can to be able to live out our faith so our kids and our grandkids and anyone else that we come into contact with will know Jesus because they see our example regardless of what season of life we're going through, whether it's the good, the bad, or the ugly. Putting your faith in God is difficult, especially when things don't make sense. Growing up, my parents, uh, they could probably tell you the many prayers that they prayed for me just because of how hyper I was, and you're probably saying not much has really changed, but um, I wonder what their prayers would have been like. It probably would have gone along the lines of, God, I pray that you help Chris to find you. I pray that you help him to live for you, and so many other different things. But I was able to learn from my parents as I grew up because I saw the example that they were setting for me and for my siblings. They would get us involved at church. They would get us involved in a variety of different activities. Um, and they would set an example for us by serving and being involved in different groups. So our example, it, it matters. Our example, it matters more than we might even think. Over the past several weeks, one of the Bible stories that has been coming to my mind a lot is um, in the Old Testament where the Israelites, they're escaping Egypt. And so they are about to go through the Red Sea and into the wilderness. They're about to leave behind years and years of hardship and oppression from a place where they were enslaved for 430 years. But even before they took a step through the Red Sea, they lacked the faith. They lacked faith that they would be able to cross through the Red Sea. And even after they made it through the Red Sea, God took them through the wilderness because 
it led them a different way because he knew that they weren't ready. He knew that they weren't ready for the opposition that they were, they were about to face. A handful of the different things that the Israelites experienced while they were in the wilderness. They complained about what God was providing for them. They complained about how they should have just stayed where they were. They complained about all the hardships they experienced. They collected more than they were supposed to. They attempted to collect more when they weren't even supposed to collect anything. And lastly, they were captivated by false gods that weren't going to get them out of Egypt. And so after Joshua um, sees Moses pass away, God calls on him. He says, Joshua, I'm calling you to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And so what has Joshua seen up until this point? He's seen complaining. He's seen people collect a whole bunch more stuff than they really need. He's seen people work when they don't need to. He's seen people captivated by false gods. But Joshua, he's reminded of the same things that Moses had told him. And even so much being told multiple times by God. And he says this in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. It says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, just a fancy word for distressed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I think the last part of that passage is is my favorite. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So Joshua, he is placed into a position to lead. He's reminded multiple times to be strong, to be courageous. But more importantly, he's, he's told, do not be frightened. He's told, do not be dismayed. Do not be in distress. So why is he even being given that instruction? God is telling him all those things because he wants him to know that he's with him. He's wanting him to know all those things because of what he has seen and what he's experienced. Think with me for a minute. What would it look like for our kids, for the generations following behind us, to be able to see 50% of Renaissance serving. And I'm not saying that from a numbers standpoint. I'm saying it from a standpoint of leaving an example behind for the generations to follow you of what it looks like to serve people. Because in the midst of your serving, you're going to be able to love people. You're going to be able to connect with people who might not even know who Jesus is. What would it look like for us as a church if 50% of us were plugged into a Ren group? Again, I'm not saying that from a numbers standpoint, but because our kids will see how dedicated we are to following Jesus and wanting to see how we can dive deeper into our faith. And they'll have the curiosity someday to be like, I want to be more like mom and dad because of how they dove into their Bible each and every day. We have to be the ones who are going to set the example for others to follow. Because here's the thing, if we're not intentional about setting an example for people behind us to follow, generations to follow, someone else or something else is going to set that example for them. Christine had mentioned two of the rules, two of the things that she tells the kids each and every week. One being love God, the second being love others. Those are great things for us to be able to remember each and every day, not just on a Sunday morning, But I'm reminded of some words that James had given some Christians who were scattered due to persecution. Two powerful instructions that he gives. One is in James chapter 1, verse 22, that says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. 
So he says, be doers of the word, not just hearers. Why? Because you'll deceive yourselves. Well, if you deceive yourself, guess who else is going to follow? So James, he goes on from that point and he says, if you're just a hearer of, hearer of the word, then you're just like someone who's looking in a mirror and forgetting what he was like. So if we look in a mirror, are we seeing ourselves be obedient to what God is calling us to? Are we being obedient to his word? Are we being a living example for others to follow Jesus? Are we remembering that we were created on purpose? James says one more thing in chapter two, verse 17. He said, so also by faith itself, it, if it does not have works, is dead. So what that means for us is we have to live out our faith. We have to be ones who are going to set an example for our kids, for grandkids, and even for the people that you don't even know. But they see Jesus in you and through you. So at the beginning of, of my message, I talked about track and being a part of a 4 by 200 relay. So you would get a little baton that's probably the size of this microphone. And there would be a certain point that's called the exchange zone where you have to pass the baton off to the next person. So it's probably a span from here all the way to over here that you have to be able to pass the baton off. That's where we are. We're going to have a limited amount of time to be able to hand off a baton to our kids, to our grandkids, for them to take hold of their faith and run with it. So what do we do? First, we remind them that they're created for a purpose, that God created them for a purpose. The second is we help them live out their faith by encouraging them to use their gifts. And lastly, we have to be the ones who live out our faith. We have to be the ones who are intentional about setting the example for our kids. Will we desire to have a faith that is passed on from generation to generation to generation? Families, please, please hear me about today. We didn't just have Family Sunday just to throw everyone in the room together, even though it might seem like a little chaotic, but it's still a little bit of fun. We didn't just do it for no reason whatsoever. We did it on purpose. Because there's times where you might come to Renaissance on a Sunday morning and not even look towards where the children's ministry is. You might not even see where the student ministry stuff is happening or taking place. But this is an opportunity for us as a church to be able to see generation after generation after generation in one room together worshiping Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing to be able to see all these little ones screaming their lungs out when they're singing songs that they know? But also they're able to see us worship. They're able to see us crack open our Bibles and follow along with our Bible study. So anyhow, we wanted you to be able to see 
what it looked like with our whole church family together because you don't always get to see everything that's happening in the building. But it is a simple reminder for us that even though we might not see God working, he is. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for each and every family um, that is here this morning. Whether they dedicated a child or they're here with family celebrating a dedication of a child or we're just here connecting with you. God, we thank you for how you have met us here today. God, I pray that you help us as we go from this place this morning to live an example that's showing kids and grandkids and generations behind us what it means to follow you and what it means to love you. God, we love you. And it's in your name that we pray. Everyone said, amen. Thanks for joining with us today. We would love to pray for you and make a connection with you. So please check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Here you can ask questions, request prayer, find past messages and podcasts, or support Renaissance through online giving. We can't wait to hear from you. 